What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Views from the Sidelines podcast. My name is Austin Bagshaw. I'm an online fitness and nutrition coach looking to improve as many lives as possible through fitness and health. Alrighty, guys. Today, I'm going to go ahead and get started with a topic that I'm pretty passionate about and something that I'm really proud of that I was able to do, Um, and that is getting over social anxiety and getting out of our own head and allowing ourselves to live in the present. Um, I had a podcast a while ago with my trainer, Jessica. She, We talk a lot about this subject, about living in the present, and I wanted to tailor it back to my own story of how I used to be. Because if you if you know me any, any way now, you know I'm not an introvert. You know I am very easy to talk to, and I love to meet new people. I love to network. I love to listen to other people's stories. Hence why I even started this podcast so I can bring on other people and, and they can share their stories with my audience and they can share my stories with their audiences. So going back, looking back to back in like, I'd say high school, it all started. Um, being the youngest child, I was always talked over, constantly talked over. Um, and it's not that it was a they didn't want to hear what I had to say. It's just I never had a strong voice. And backstory on that and why I have somewhat of a nasally voice is due to the fact that I was misdiagnosed for 12 years. I was misdiagnosed with a submucous cleft palate. Um, I was born with it, and it took about 12 ENTs for someone to actually speak up. And <laughs> or actually what happened was I went to 12 ENTs. I was misdiagnosed like three times. They thought it was um, a tonsil issue. They thought it was something else. Um, I had like three surgeries, and it was none of that stuff. And it came down to my family doctor that was a dentist um, and one of my best friend's dad, actually. Um, So I grew up knowing him. I stayed at his house constantly. And he, I was just getting a routine checkup, and he asked my mom if I've ever gotten checked out for this. And I went to the NT. I told him what they, what he thought that I had, and it turned out that I did. Um, and a submucous cleft palate, guys, just to, for example, it's when the roof of your mouth doesn't fully close, and there's a tiny little gap in it, but it, but that gap gets filled with the cartilage that's in your, or the skin that's on the top of your um, mouth. So, so your gums, that stuff gets covered, so it doesn't appear to be an issue you have to actually dive into it and um, feel the issue. So that's something that I struggle with for the longest time, understanding kind of just the how to cope with that. And, I mean, I was in speech issue, or I had I had a speech therapist when I was like four through seven. Um, I didn't say my first word until I was around three and a half. Like I just didn't talk. And my, my I, I knew my, my parents struggled with, trying to figure out what the problem was, but they just couldn't. And so what that led to, that had a lot of mis, um, a lot of consequences. It led to me having a heart issue, which led to me having a um, heart surgery. Um, it, the heart issue that I had was called supraventricular tachycardia. That is a um, series where you have an extra pathway in the top of your heart to the bottom of your heart. So in instead of having one pathway where the electrical pulse goes from the top to bottom, so you hear the boom, boom. I got into an episode after um, extraneous activities like basketball practice or something like that, or working out actually, and 
it would get into this pathway where it would loop. So my heart rate would be rapid. I would get super dizzy, nauseous, and it was never a fatal issue, but I, I, it was something that it was underlying and I didn't know I had it until I was 16. Come to find out that this whole misdiagnosis of being, having a submucous cleft palate and not knowing about it until I was 12 caused a lot of issues for me during puberty. I stopped growing at the age of 16. Um, I stopped growing. I was 5'5". I'm 5'5 now. Um, and that was due to a lack of uh, growth hormones that is resulted from my underlying issue. And there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into it, but it sucks. And for the longest time, I I felt like a victim of of the medical system. For the longest time, I felt like I got screwed, that, that I should have gotten helped at a much younger age that would have caused me to feel this sense of confidence, to feel like I'm not different, to feel like I'm not the shortest person in the room, to feel like I had something to say. And I mean, the longest time, even from when I could, my earliest memory of dinner, I would sit at the, at the end of the table and listen to my brother and sister and parents talk. And I didn't even eat because I like was so engaged in, in the conversation that I didn't even think about eating. Um, and yes, I wanted to say stuff and I wanted to talk, but I also struggled with talking. I stuttered. I constantly would have to stop and repeat what I had, what I just said. Um, it caused me to have reading issues. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I had to work a lot harder than a lot of people when it comes to focusing, when it comes to paying attention and when it really just comes to that, because I was so in my head. And the reason I, I'm telling you all this, guys, is because it's important to know someone's past and what they, how and how they grew up. Everything you do in today's world, every attitude you have towards something, every energy, every emotion you have, is all generated through your childhood. It's all how you're raised. It's all what you put time to, and it's what you care about. And th- I think that's why it's so important for us to realize. That because if we're not self-aware of how we grew up, if we're not self-aware of what our, what we love and what we care about, and and we, we then we can't pick apart our issues. We can't pick apart of why we feel anxious in, in groups. We can't pick apart why um, we are in our head constantly and we hate being uncomfortable. So that's why I wanted to let you guys know that there was so much stuff that I grew up with, um, constantly being teased about. Uh, my stuttering, constantly being teased about being short, constantly being teased about just anything possible. And yes, I, and how I coped with it back then was I put my identity behind my sports that I played. I've always been pretty athletic. Um, if you talk to anybody that I grew up with, you you can, they can vouch for me on that. Um, I was very good soccer player growing up. I was pretty good at baseball, um, basketball was just, for my size. Shockingly enough, I was pretty good. And, um, in golf, I mean, that's the, that's where I excelled. And one reason I chose golf at a younger age, I think I was 12 or 13, is because it, it it allowed me to be equal. It allowed me to feel like I don't have to be a six or six foot to compete. I don't have to be this strong guy in the in the gym. I don't have to do all this. I just have to be me. And if I can be me to the fullest extent then I can succeed in golf. And that's what I started to put that's why I really started to put my passion and focus towards it because I wanted to prove to myself and to other people that you don't have to be this ideal human specimen to succeed in life. You just have to learn how to be the best you possible. And um kind of shifting gears now to more of my social anxiety. 
everything I just talked about led to me being so uh, very anxious in groups, uh, meeting new people. I was constantly telling myself that they were just looking at me as this uh, short kid who didn't want or that was uh, arrogant, that was cocky, um, that just talks about his uh, scholarship that he got for golf, that um, he doesn't really care about others. And I was so worried about that because that's the exact opposite of what I thought I was. Um, I don't know why I told myself this, and I don't know why that, why I constantly just told myself that that's what people thought of me, but that's what I did. And I, so when I met people, I was very nervous about what, what to say. Um, sometimes I would make those jokes that were kind of pushing the limit of, you probably shouldn't joke with somebody you just met, but it was just because I was uncomfortable. I was, I was nervous and I just wanted to break the tension, the fictional tension that I created in my own head. Um, and even through college, guys, like, I mean, meeting new people was not the easiest. Um, my first two years, I was in a relationship long distance. Uh, she was back in high school. So I kind of felt bad about meeting new people, and I kind of felt bad about um, reaching out and letting people know who I am because I felt like that was cheating. I didn't want to come off as flirty. I was constantly anxious about wondering if people thought I was flirting with them and that scared me. So I stayed in my dorm room. I didn't do as much social events as I wanted to. I didn't talk to as much people in my classes that I wanted to. Um, I held myself back because I thought that that was being a bad boyfriend, which at the time I'm, I want to go back and two years ago and just donkey or Sparta kick myself in the chest and make, make myself get out of my room because there's so much you can do guys in college and take advantage of the social interactions that you have. The people in your class are there to learn just like you. They're not there to just sit there and take this all in by themselves. Like you have no idea who you can meet with a simple genuine high or a simple genuine question that you might have. Um, and that's what I was terrified of. I was afraid that um, I was doing something bad and I didn't want to come off as this arrogant person. So just when, it, when it, especially when it comes to like group situations, guys, it sucked. I mean, I was, especially in college, I mean, I was the shortest person on my team. Um, being an athlete, you're, when you think of a college athlete, you think of this buff, um, tall, uh, very successful, very athletic person. And then you have me, um, freshman year, I weighed 130 pounds. Um, I, didn't touch weights ever. I never worked out. Um, I played video games all the time and I just played golf. That was my identity. And that's, that's what I did. Um, and it, it, it shocked me guys. Like whenever freshman year, I, I wanted to get out of my shop. I wanted to experience college, but at the same time I was so in my head, it was ridiculous. I would constantly worry what people were thinking of me. I would constantly, um, feel uncomfortable because they thought I was just a young freshman or, um, and they didn't want to have to hear what I had to say. And another thing I always thought my, my speech was horrible. So I got that in my head that I just need to listen and not talk. Um, I was afraid to speak up, um, in my golf team because I was afraid people wouldn't take me seriously. Um, there's so much things that I've told myself. And after a while, I just thought it was always going to be like that. I thought that was going to be my life. I thought that I would constantly just tell myself over and over again, every social event after another, that this is how it's going to be for the rest of time. And guys, it's not. Good Lord. Once, <laughs> and there's, there was a lot of things that, that, that kind of happened that kind of shift my mood, shift my, um, 
shifted my passion towards meeting people and and kind of got me out of my shell. And I'd say the first thing was getting out of a relationship that wasn't meant to be. I think that was a big, big eye-opener for me, and it allowed me to find who I was. So once that happened, um, I was I was able to um, start reading the word of word of Jesus a lot more. I uh, started reading my Bible. I started to pray a lot more. And I really started to ask myself hard questions. I started a journal. I started to do these things in this time that I never did because I thought only old people did it. I thought only adults that were um, had issues did it. And I didn't think I had an issue. I told myself over and over, that's just who I am. It's not an issue. It's just who I am. But that's not the case, guys. And if you ever want to get out of being less social anxious whenever it comes to parties, when it comes to meeting new people, it all comes down to our daily habits. It all comes down to what we take in each day. It all comes down to our mechanism in our brain that we process information and what we tell our brain is important and what isn't. So, for instance, do this in your head real quick. <laughs> if you have, have you ever had an instance where you got a new car, a new t-shirt, new shoes, and over the next couple weeks, you see that car more often. You see people wearing that shirt. You see those shoes on a lot more feet than you, what you normally would see. It's because we told our brains that th- this is ours now. This is us, and this is like that car is ours. We focus on that car. We wash it. We look at it every day. Now we see it more often, so it's important to us. Guys, it's the same thing for everything that's, that you might have an issue with in life. Everything. You have to look at what's positive in life. You have to look at what you want to work on. You have to work, work on yourself every day by having something in your life that you can reflect on. So, for instance, on my laptop, I have Never Stop Dreaming. On my wall, I have Do What You Love. On my wall, I have as well a, a board with goals for, for the month of June for business and personal. I have a productivity planner that I map out my day each day, and I mark off stuff, and then I write down notes that if I have a, a good idea, I write it down. If I have um, bad thoughts, I get them out of my head and I write them down. And this is just stuff that I've kind of picked up in the last seven, eight months because more successful people told me to do so. Um, One of the biggest eye-openers I ever had was going to Tony Robbins, guys. Tony Robbins' UPW event, it's called the Unleash the the Power Within. He talks about, he is just a burst of energy. And that's one thing that I was laughing about was, one comment that I always get from my friends is that I'm, I'm always energetic. I always have this random burst of energy that I can come out of anywhere. And yeah, that is true. I've always been pretty um, wild when it comes to just like running around. I don't like walking. Walking up steps is the biggest waste of time in my life. Um, I skip steps. I don't, go st- I don't go step by step. And I run around sometimes. I hate just, I, I don't like moving slow. I always like moving and that's something that like my friends and t- old teammates would always say, like Austin's always this big ball of energy. And after a while, I just would kind of laugh at that because I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like I had all this energy. I didn't feel like someone with this much energy should feel down a lot and should feel anxious and should feel like they're not doing enough. 
when I think of a big burst of energy, I think of someone who's successful. I think of someone who constantly does the good things each day. I think of someone who's happy all the time. I think of someone who uses that energy on other people and that makes them happy. And that's what I was, I kind of just had this epiphany. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my room at Grand Campus in Richmond for EKU and I realized I was being so selfish with my thoughts. I was being so selfish. I was you being playing the victim. Um, I was in a depressed state. I was doing only what I wanted to do. I was kind of just living this sad life that I don't wish upon anybody. It's not fun. You don't want to wake up. And I, I was just playing this victim where I wasn't looking at the big picture. I kept thinking that, Every day was going to be like this. And after a while, I believed it. It was just, I kept telling myself this, guys. Like, I had hardly any pictures on on my wall. I just played video games. I went to class, did what I had to do. But I wasn't, like, trying to grow. I was just, I felt like I was just in this abyss that I couldn't get out of. But you can get out of it. I promise you, you can. And what I did was, for example, I started to journal I started to get my thoughts on paper, and it helped, guys. Writing down things that you care about, for instance, gratitude, things you love in life, things that you're passionate about, things that you are so happy that are in your life. This could be anything in the world. This could be a picture frame. It could be your parents. It could be a family member, a cousin. It could be a friend. It could be um, something your grandpa gave you. Something that you're super, super gracious for will always set you back to a better mindset of being happy, being in this present moment, focusing on why you care about that object or that person. Gratitude is huge, guys. Secondly, I started exercising more. And it's funny saying that, like, I started to exercise more because I've been doing, I, I mean, I picked up weights and everything my, by the end of my freshman year of high school or of, uh, of college. And I was able to gain like 10 pounds. And that was that little hyper stimulus of like, wow, I've never truly lifted for a long period of time. This is fun. Um, I started to feel a lot more confident in myself. Um, I started to get a little bit more muscular. I started to get a little bit more strength in my system. Um, I started hitting the the, uh, golf ball farther. It was kind of a really, really cool stimulus I've never felt. So I I just kept doing it, guys. I mean, think about it. This was 2016. Year after year, I continued to find ways to work out. I, I would go after practice. I would go before class. I would go in between classes. Something similar, similar, and oh my gosh, guys, you have no idea the the compounding effect that working out over a long period of time can do for your mental health. Um, everyone talks about compounding interest in investments. The quicker you do, or the earlier you start, the better off you are. It's the same exact thing with fitness, guys. Learning how to move more, learning how to understand your body, learning how to understand what you're eating, learning how to properly go about your day and find ways to get to be better the next that stuff gets better and easier the earlier you start and that's why I oh my gosh and yes I didn't like I wasn't full-on into fitness I still ate like crap I had no idea what to do with calories macros all that stuff until I started asking for help and this is my last thing I did guys I started asking for help I started following the right people on on social media i started to actually read captions i started to actually watch stories that were informative i started to pay attention to the people that were genuinely giving out solid content 
and trying to help others because that's what not a lot of people do. Uh, and I started to think like, man, what if I start doing things that not a lot of people do? I think that's where you get separated. That's where you, you kind of become your own unique person. That's where you find this happy individual that's always trying to get better and always never complacent. That's what I started to do, guys, and that's what I urge you to do. I urge you to start trying to do things that other people don't. I urge you to, to not always be a follower in a, in a situation. I urge you to say no more to people that you really don't want to hang out with or you really don't want to go do something with. And I urge you to say yes to yourself more. I urge you to find this fire passion of why you do what you do inside yourself and always have a fishing pole that where you can throw it and grab it back. Always find time for yourself, guys. Staying in the present allows you to go to that social interaction and genuinely ask questions. It become you start to become a better listener. You start to actually actually interpret it, interpret what others are saying and dive into their conversation. You start to become more interested in other people's lives. You start to then connect the pieces of a puzzle and say, "Oh my gosh, I know a guy who could help you out." And they do the same thing for you. And this is why meeting new people and finding ways to be more in the present will enhance your life 10x. Maybe even more. You have no idea what meeting the right person can do for you in your personal life, in your business life. Like you might be able to find your, your, your wife from someone you met at a convention who knows X person who knows their uh, cousin. You just have no idea what can happen out of a random, genuine conversation. And guys, no matter what, I want you to always know this. If someone is doing better than you, say they're more successful, say they, um, they're just at a, high, at a different stage of their life where they're doing well, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask them how they got there and ask for advice of like things that they did that helped them. Because if anyone is above you, as in we're all equal, but if anyone is more successful than you and at a different stage of life that, that you're in, they are never going to ridicule you for asking those questions. They are never going to throw shade at you. They're never going to talk shit about you. The people who do that are at a lower stage in life than you. That could be they hate themselves. That could be they hate their job. They hate the relationship that they're in. They hate and they resent the fact that you're trying to get better. Always know if you find hate somewhere, it means that that person is probably not the person that you want to ask for help. Because if they can't see the fact that you're being genuine, that's their problem. And one thing that I wanted to talk about, guys, real quick, and I thought this was awesome. So I just had this Instagram post that was about this. It was about how I overcame social anxiety. And a good buddy of mine, he's actually my dad's age, but he's an awesome golfer and an awesome friend. He, he commented on it and said, I like to say this whenever I start to feel this stuff. It's none of my business what you think of me. Think about that. I love that so much. It's none of my business of what you think of me. Because of you, everyone is going to have their own personal opinion of someone. Everyone is going to have this one thing that they think about when, when you say someone's name. And it's none of my business to, to it's none of my business to ask you to change your mind about that. It's, it's up to me actually to do it myself and to do it over time, to do it with my actions, with my habits, with how I present myself, with how I speak to people. 
and how I listen. Guys, it's none of my business of what you think of me. So I'm going to do what I do because I'm trying to become the best self I can be. I'm not, I stopped worrying about what others thought of me because that is the worst thing you could do with, uh, in life, guys. It, it impedes your daily decisions. It makes you think that you're not good enough. It makes you constantly feel like you have to do more, much, much more than you think you can. And guys, I'm telling you, it all comes down to your habits. It all comes down to how you view yourself. Because if you don't take yourself seriously, why should someone else? So I hope this resonated with all you guys. Um, this is a different topic. This is more of a mental health issue. But um, social anxiety is not a... We can't look at it as an excuse. We have to look at it as an awareness. We have to be aware that we are social anxious so we can then change our habits Changing our habits then leads to us changing our actual lives. When we don't, when we're not self-aware of our daily habits and what we do each day, and we're not looking to constantly change that to make it better, it causes us to be complacent, and that's the last thing that I want you guys to ever, ever feel is complacent. Um, lastly, guys, I want to end this with the quote that I have as my screensaver on my phone, and it's on my laptop. It's, it says literally this, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. What that means is we have the power to control our destiny. What we decide to do every day impacts us five years down the road. So start making decisions for yourself. I challenge you to start saying no more. I challenge you to start saying yes to yourself more. I challenge you to really just dive into what you love, why you love it, and start being self-aware, guys. That's the best thing you could ever do. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you, any, any, to everyone who's listening to this, I want you to know that I really appreciate your, your constant support. I appreciate that you have to, that you put time out of your own busy lives to listen to what I have to say. Go ahead and shoot a rating down below if you really enjoyed this and this resonated with you. And always, always, always reach out to me if you ever have any questions or comments or concerns about what you're going through. This could be nutrition. This could be health related. This could be fitness related. It could be something that you're going through internally. Just always reach out. Never be afraid to ask for help, guys. You control your destiny. So start saying yes to yourself right now. Start being more aware of what you're doing. Start writing down your thoughts. Start picking yourself apart so you can then change. So five years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I wish I would have did that earlier. As always, stay moving. I'm out of here.